0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today's title is going to be Living Out Loud, Living Out Loud. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, beginning with the 11th verse. Now it happened... As he went to Jerusalem, Jesus was taking his final journey to, to the nation's capital, Jerusalem. He was only five chapters away from Gethsemane. Uh, it was getting close to midnight in his life, if you will. And the Bible had, had already said in the book of Luke that he had set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. He wanted to get to where he was going and get the job done. And it was during this, this time that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, Jesus uh, intensely, actually, traveled along the borders of uh, the two countries. He actually chose a route that uh, he knew he would be very likely to encounter the uh, despised Samaritans. There was a wall of bitterness between Jew and Samaritans that went back uh, over 550 years. When Ezra began or came back from Babylonian captivity to rebuild uh, the temple, the Samaritans opposed them. And that opposition was remembered. And uh, also the children of Israel rejected them because they did not embrace all all the books of the Bible. And uh, also they they were of mixed heritage and they didn't didn't commit to, to the law as Moses had laid out. So their response was to build a new religion, if you will, And they built a temple on Mount Gerizim. So you have these two different religions, uh, you know, both uh, relied on on Moses. But again, opposition and hostility uh, between these two people groups uh, lasted for a very, very, very century after century after century, a very long time. Verse 12. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, uh, evangelist Beth Moore, how many of you have ever seen her on television? Okay, yeah, quite, quite a few people. She's, she's a great evangelist. She tells the story of uh, her first visit to India. She finally had the privilege of uh, uh, being around a modern-day leper colony. You know, she always wanted to, to minister to lepers as Jesus ministered to lepers in the Bible. This was a, a dream of hers, And this trip was her first opportunity to get it done. But after she got on the plane and she got to the airport, uh, got from the airport, I'm sorry, to her hotel, she was a few miles actually from the leper colony. But the smell of the colony still reached her room and permeated the entire area, even though she was uh, miles away. She got up the courage to go to the gates of the leper colony several times. And she tried to, you know, she looked in, she saw the suffering, and, and she, she tried to do her best to, to go in. But the smell totally overwhelmed her. And her thinking was, how can I tell these people about the love of God with me being sick to my stomach? She tried three times To go in the door of that leper colony but she couldn't work up the stomach so in this passage to be sure these 10 lepers assaulted the senses in every way possible it was not just one of them or two there was 10 of them they didn't have access to modern facilities and and showers and the like Uh, you can only imagine the smell of sickness on their skin and and boils and, and 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 infection what jesus smelled and saw as these ten men approached him it says there in this village ten men who were lepers again leprosy often had oozing sores tumors over time it would disfigure the bones, twist the limbs, actually, and curl the fingers and created a a loss of sensation at the end of of, of nerves, which often led to the loss of fingers. And sometimes it wasn't the disease that caused the fingers to be lost. It was the fact as the leper uh, slept, a rat came and began to chew his finger, and he or she did not feel it. And uh, so again, incredible infection, toes and fingers missing. Sometimes because of infection, whole parts, uh, limbs of their body would eventually uh, fall off, or at least the, 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 the skin will. This was a very, 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 very difficult situation for these 10 men. It says, these 10 men who were lepers, they stood afar off. The Mosaic law required that every leper stayed at least 100 paces from a healthy person. And if they were in the vicinity of any healthy people, they had to cry out, unclean, 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 and warn everybody that they were present. Now, Moses did not prescribe this because he was being mean or he was picking on any group of people. Uh, The reason he did this is because leprosy is a very contagious disease. And uh, uh, the modern medicine had not been created yet. They they didn't have many of our conveniences, uh, uh, antibiotics, et cetera. And what Moses had to do was was allow the few to suffer to save the masses. He did not want leprosy to become epidemic as it had in other parts of the world. Verse 13. And it says, and these 10 men lifted up their voices... And they said something that at our reading, because we don't speak uh, Greek, we could miss the original uh, uh, import here. But I'm going to break it down to you exactly what they said. They said, Jesus, but then they used this next word, master. This word translated master was extremely rare in the New Testament. It was a word used typically for a commander, an owner, an owner in other places in the Bible, particularly in the Septuagint, and it emphasized the authority of the individual that was given the title. We see that the initial key to the miracle we are about to read about is the fact that all 10 of these men were willing to submit to Jesus's authority. Here's something I know, everyone wins, everyone wins when everyone submits. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus. But they didn't stop at Jesus. By calling a master, they were saying, be our commander. Be our general. Be our owner. Be our overseer. Here's something I learned in life. God is only responsible for things done under his command and under his direction. When we operate our relationships, our finances, and life in general, apart from God's Word, we cannot hold God responsible. This is really, really an important statement I'm about to say. We are free to choose in life our actions, but we are not free to choose our consequences. And many times, by virtue of our choices, we have signed up for the consequences, I don't follow people around to try to make you do right. I'm not spying on you. It's none of my business. But what I do know is that what you do will eventually show up in your life. I want to say it one more time. You are free to do what you want. I will love you. God will love you. This church will will love you. You're free to choose your actions, but you are not free to choose the consequences. I felt a light bulb just go off in of someone's head. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Obviously, they heard Jesus was a healer. Because instead of asking for money, they asked for mercy. Mercy is the foundation of our covenant with God. You need to call on it, stand on it, and trust it. So when he saw them, he said to them, go. Now, he gives a command. Why? They just addressed Jesus as master, general, owner, superintendent, Lord. So he wanted to immediately test the authenticity and the genuineness of their confession. If it can't be tested, it ought not be trusted. Does that make sense? There is no faith without obedience. Actually, many of the epistles begin by stating we are called to the obedience of the faith. We don't use that word obedience anymore because it seems too harsh, it seems a little old fashioned. But actually, faith, all it is, is obedience to the living God from the heart. He said, Listen, y'all call me Lord, you call me Master, you said you're under my authority, let me test it. Go. When God gives you a direction, it's a test. When you understand something new from the scripture and the light comes on, it's a test. The Lordship of Christ in your life is being tested every time you get a new direction. So right now, he said, okay, you call me Lord, good. Let's see. Go, show yourselves to the priests, the very people that put you out of the community. I need you to go back to them. But here's the deal. Why should they go back to the priests and Jesus hadn't even healed them yet? This doesn't make sense. Now, I go back to the priest, and the priest can, can declare me clean, you know, if I was made well. But I'm missing an arm here. I'm missing six fingers, and I still got the boil on my arm, and you're telling me to go to the priest. But these lepers were, were willing to, to follow Jesus without explanation, and he signed. They just trusted him. And this is important. This is something else I've learned in life that that I believe it just helps for all of us to, to embrace this truth. God's power is not released until it's obeyed. The power to save is in this room. Jesus already went to the cross. The Holy Spirit is here. All the angels of heaven are here. God's just waiting for you to obey, to to call on that name above every name. And when you obey, when you call, that's when God acts. There's power in every circuit. uh, It's a circuit. What do you call it? Thing. Yeah. Thing on the wall. (laughs) Socket. Thank you. Yeah. There's power in each socket. But you cannot access that power until you plug in. Obedience is how we plug into the power of God. And if you don't plug in, you won't have the power. So Jesus said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. This next verse is really, really big. And so it was that as they went, They were cleansed. Look at the text. The healing did not just happen at Jesus' word. They didn't just hear a sermon and everything was made okay. Neither was everything made uh, okay at his touch. He didn't lay hands on them. This miracle happened at his instruction. And there are some miracles that will not happen in our lives until we submit to his instructions. The Bible says, as they went, not at the moment Jesus spoke. It's important. Not at the moment they even met the priests, but as they did what Jesus asked. I can't predict whether it's going to be a short walk for you or a long walk for you. But I do know if you get to walking, you get to doing what God told you to do, it will happen. It doesn't say what point in the journey. It doesn't say they were 10 miles away, 15, 20, or three days away. But at some point, as they followed the instructions, it happened. And I, you know, with healing and blessing God's hand... It's all by faith. And if God did it first, it wouldn't be by faith. Faith is spelled T-R-U-S-T. And and he's saying, listen, if you trust me, you got to obey in order to plug in to the power that can be yours. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, just one, he returned. This one man couldn't even finish his journey without first saying thank you. To, he, didn't want, he said, I, I see you, priest, I, I'll get to the priest, but the high priest, I, I see something in this Jesus. I can't go a step further without saying thank you to Jesus. Yeah. And we got to get to the place. You know what, Lord? I'm not going a step further. Without saying, thank you, Jesus, for the air, I, the lungs I have, the eye, the, the, the strength of my, Lord, I thank you. This man, he, he actually disobeyed the letter of the law, if you will, because he said, go, go to the priest. But he got the spirit of it. And he said, you know what? That priest can wait because I see the real one. Oh, yes. Stay with me. I heard this story, and I think it, it bears retelling. Years ago a large dog went to a butcher shop, and uh, when he got into the shop, well, actually, he was carrying a wallet uh, in his mouth, and when he got to the shop, there was a glass, you know, butcher uh, uh, meat case, and he immediately uh, laid down the the wallet in front of the meat case, and the the butcher saw this, so, you know, he kind of humored the dog, so he jokingly asked, you know, what is it, boy? Want to buy some meat? And, uh, you know, he just kind of kept up, you know, with, with, with his humor here. He's like, well, 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 dog, you know, what kind of meat? Liver, bacon, steak. And when he said steak, the dog went woof, woof twice. <laughs> it got the butcher's attention. Then he said, well, how much steak do you want? A half pound or one pound? When he said one pound, the dog went woof, woof. So the, the butcher is amazed. He, he wrapped a pound of steak, took the money out of the, the wallet. And because, you know, this, this dog was just so incredible, he, he, you know, took off his smock. He had to follow this dog to find out, you know, who he was bringing this, this steak to. So he walked a couple blocks uh, away and uh, he got to apartment building and the dog walked up three flights of steps. And uh, then he went to a door and started scratching on the outside and the butcher I was down the hall watching the whole thing. And after the dog scratched for a couple moments, the, the, the door swung open, and a very angry man began to shout at the dog. And the butcher yelled, Stop! This is the most intelligent animal I have ever seen. You know, the, the guy acted like actually he was gonna, gonna, gonna hurt the dog. And the man said, Intelligent? This is the third time this week, this dog has forgot his key. I'm going somewhere with this. Some people will always find a reason to be ungrateful. No matter how great the deed, they're gonna find fault. I mean, you can walk on water, well, you didn't have to walk that way. You hear what I'm saying? And this was the case with the owner, but not this Samaritan. And with a Loud voice, this man had spent, I'm sure, much of his adult life having to holler at a hundred paces, unclean, unclean. In fact, this man probably only knew how to talk out loud at this point in his life. But, but, But what's amazing is we lived out loud when we were unclean. And we'd have all type of uncleanness in our mouths, in our hands, in our feet, and we would live out loud. But then God heals us. God God, God touches us and changes us. And then when it comes to talking about Jesus, all of a sudden the cat got our tongue. All of a sudden we don't have anything to say, oh, I, I don't want to talk about that. And, you know, but, but, but we were so loud, so boisterous, you know, in the past. It says, with a loud voice. He glorified God. His gratitude was not just in his heart, not just in his mouth, but in his deeds. We got to say it loud. I'm saved and I'm proud. How many go far enough back to recognize that? Say it loud. There you go. Verse 16. I'm saved and I'm proud. And the leper fell down on his face at his feet to fall on the ground was the highest way to give homage and respect in the ancient world this guy was all in he didn't come to church trying to do cute he he was serious about his Jesus again he fell down at his feet on his face giving him thanks if you really love him You'll find a way to show it. But we got to do more than just feeling it. We got to demonstrate it. We got to show it. We got to illustrate it. This man didn't just say, well, Lord, I feel it in my heart. He was demonstrative about what was going on on the inside. But here's the rub. And he was a Samaritan. This was the man of the group with the highest hurdle to get over, to return to Jesus. Now, each of the 10 men were separated from Jesus because of their leprosy. But this one man wasn't just separated because of his leprosy. He was separated because of his nationality. And the man with the greatest justification to stay away from Jesus was the only one to return to give him glory. And the point is, for those of us who know him, what's our excuse? So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? He was like, y'all came to me looking like this. But but now that all of y'all are okay and, and everything's looking good and your skin's all smooth, you ain't got no more time. Oh Only one of y'all got time to come back. Yeah. Now again, y'all came looking like that. Yeah. So Jesus said, but but where are the the nine? You see, the nine were like the dog owner. You know, Jesus, you, you did it well, but but you know what? How come you didn't help me sooner? You know, Jesus, you know, I appreciate what you did, but but you could have touched me. You know, other people you laid hands on, but you wouldn't even touch me. Many people approach God like the dog owner. God does the impossible. God does the miraculous. But the little one detail didn't go exactly the way you want. And you lose all sense of wonder and awe at the goodness of God. God. You see, they all may have been healed in the flesh, all of them. In the natural, all of them look good. But let me show you what they look like in the spirit. Show that picture. Yeah. Only one. All of them were healed. But only one in the spirit was really clean, was really whole, was really dancing in a way that pleased God. He said, I'm almost there. Were there not any found who would turn to give glory to God except this foreigner? Somebody who had every excuse not to come. You older saints, don't let these younger saints outdo you. You hear what I'm saying? Desmond Tutu, I, I heard him minister once, and he said, You know, all those pictures of the shepherd carrying this, this baby sheep in his arm is absolutely false. He said, I, you know, I, I grew up in an agricultural society. He said, the baby sheep, they never run away. They're too hungry for mama's milk. It's the old sheep. It's the matted sheep. It's those that have been around for a long time.